Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports with Coleman presents the business of sports. Cash rules everything around. Show me the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. The X's and O's of professional front offices. 105.7 The Fan. Our number three is underway here on Sports with Coleman. Thanks for joining us. Or appreciate you sticking around. Marty Conway, sports business and management professor, joins us. Marty, let's begin with how I open this program. Baltimore, baseball or a football town? I'm leaning more towards the football side of things, at least since the turn of the century where the Ravens started to win, namely a Super Bowl, and now two, and the Orioles of course, haven't won a World Series since 1983. You have worked for the Orioles in the past. You've been a Major League Baseball executive, so you know about the sport and you know about the popularity of the NFL. Where do you think things stand in the Charm City? Yeah, well, thanks, Jerry. I, I didn't hear everything. I heard a little bit about your soundbite, uh, what Dan Conley said. Look, from my perspective, having worked in the town, first of all, when there was no football team uh, at one point, right, so we had – 12 years of, uh, you know, virtually no competition, and then, you know, the Ravens coming in. I mean, look, there is no real, you know, hard evidence of this, but I would point to a couple things. Look, look, I think for one day, opening day, I think it's a baseball town for sure, right? And I think that's what Dan Conley might have been referring to is, you know, there's a lot of extraneous and indirect things around it. But, look, the rest of the time, if you look at things like, corporate sponsorship levels clearly the ravens are taking in more and higher dollars from corporations um you know do the orioles have more tickets sold yes they've got 81 games and all that but then i think you look a little deeper at some of the indirect things look at look at what the ravens do regards the community on purple fridays right people are proud to put on their purple a lot of newscasters sportscasters reference it so there's a lot of indirect things, I think, that point to this. And, and I would say also, look, Lamar, Lamar uh, Jackson has had a top-10 jersey sale since the day he stepped into the market. And last year, his jersey was number three in terms of NFL sales. So those are, I think, some of the things you'd say sort of indirectly you know, or not, you know, just not directly related to it. But if you put all of those together, again, absent opening day, I think the rest of the year – is probably largely a football town at this point, uh, but it's fickle. Uh, if the Orioles were to get on some sort of you know, win streak in terms of consecutive winning seasons and they had a recognizable player emerge, an Ad- Adley Rutschman or Grayson Rodriguez, maybe that begins to turn. But right now, 
I think you'd have to give the lean certainly to the football side. And obviously I agree with that premise, and the tide still can be turned if the Orioles start winning. Uh, opening day, they allege 44,000, then back to 11,000 the last two games. And, you know, Masson, in my opinion, not doing much programming besides a brief pre- and post-game show. I just feel like they could do a whole lot more with that network to help out the ball club. Well, they certainly could. I think they could help both the Orioles and the Nationals because they do have an agreement that whatever they do for one, they do for the other. But if you think about it, they, they have two channels. They have Masson 1 and Masson 2. So there's endless opportunities to generate awareness, monetize, etc. And so if there is one thing that is really stark difference between you know, in terms of opportunity, it's the fact that other than, like you said, these short pregame and postgame shows, they're not doing anything else related to baseball. There's no day-to-day baseball discussion. They're doing limited spring training games. And so obviously they're cutting back. They're, they're not doing any other you know, studio shows, so they're cutting back on the expense. And I think ultimately, and we'll get to this in a few minutes, about the Nationals being for sale and eventually perhaps the Orioles will come for sale in a few years, that I think that Masson deal will disintegrate and out of it will come two separate deals, one for the Nationals and one for the Orioles. What about, before we get to the Nationals, the Red CEO, uh, the son of the owner, Phil Castellini, his comments, uh, they kind of hit close to home here in Baltimore. Kind of recap, if you can, what he said during an interview this week, and now he's had to backtrack and apologize to Reds fans. Yeah, so what I described earlier is he said the quiet thing out loud, right, which is what many small market teams, and Cincinnati is a smaller market than Baltimore, actually. And what he was talking about, look, uh, after the CBA closed, the Reds went on a spree of trading away some of their best players, emerging stars. These were not necessarily really young players, but they weren't established stars either. And they traded those players away, and it raised a lot of questions in that town and around is, are the Reds going to go in the direction of the Orioles, where they're going to dismantle, they're going to tank, they're going to try to get draft picks? And in a conversation that he had publicly, he actually said, essentially, that's what they have to do, is they can't afford to compete with the Cubs and some of the other teams, even in their division, and that they were going to go the route of grow their own players younger, cheaper. Well, that didn't go over very well in Cincinnati, and he tried not once, not twice, but finally on the third time to essentially apologize. But what he was really apologizing for was being frank of an owner of maybe a market that's in the bottom third of Major League Baseball. We've seen it here in Baltimore. And here in Baltimore, it's much more about a rebuild. But in Cincinnati, it appeared as if they were just, frankly, giving up. And it did not go over well. And like I said, it took him three times to apologize to finally sort of get it right. But the damage was done. And I think he really just endorsed what everybody else was thinking, is that they are not going to try to compete for the next couple of years. And they're going to retrace and start over again. Now, I don't think he'll be granting many interviews coming up in the near future either. Uh, you mentioned the Nationals exploring a sale. Why do the learners want out? Yeah, so this caught a lot of people by surprise because of the timing coming you know, right after opening day. But look, what I would say about this is the Lerner family owned the team now for 15 years, bought it for $450 million from Major League Baseball when they moved the Expos in 2006. You know, they had some really difficult seasons. Obviously, they drafted well Bryce Harper, Steven Strasburg. But they won the Major League Baseball's World Series in 2019. And normally for a team that wins a World Series, the next year or two 
there's a real honeymoon financially, more corporate sponsors, higher season ticket sales, all those things. Well, in 2020, as we know, there were no fans, and there were only 60 games. And then in 2021, there was restricted access, What you know, just over a million fans in Washington. And that hurt them financially. In addition, they're also in the commercial real estate business, and I don't have to tell you, people working from home, working remotely was the thing to do for two years during the pandemic. They lost, in Washington, the greater Washington area, Jerry, there was 88.5 million square feet of office space from 2019 to 2021 that just went away. Mm. Now, the learners are one of the biggest commercial real estate owners in that area, so they probably were hurt the most. So all of that combination put them in a situation where the one asset that they can really generate cash flow from is the baseball team. It's probably going to fetch, if not close to or more than $2 billion, and so they're going to net you know, maybe $1.5, $1.3 billion, and that will go a long way towards their family. So I do think this sale will happen later this year, but a lot of it has to do with pandemic, commercial real estate. The family business took some hits, and this was one of their options. They did not come to this decision, I'm told, very easily. It took many months for the family to decide that this was the thing to do. So I think they will no longer be a majority owner. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a small piece of it going forward depending on who they sell it to uh, later this year. That'll be something to follow for sure as we talk the business of sports with Georgetown Sports Business and Management Professor Marty Conway. We just had the first K-Rod telecast during a <laughs> surprise Yankees-Red Sox game. I I tried to watch. It was a hard watch. Uh, it's really hard to duplicate the Manning cast. I thought they failed in my opinion because – A-Rod isn't genuine, and what do the ratings and other reactions look like after this was aired? Well, so it's interesting. I think the subjective part is what you talked about. Many people might be turned off by A-Rod and maybe not interested in this. The numbers suggest something different. Um, The numbers suggest that they they actually did uh, uh, almost one and a half million viewers, which actually is almost right on the number that the Manning cast averaged over the course of their entire season. Yeah. But the key here, yeah, but the key here, Jerry, is that in the demo, the, the demo that everybody wants, your business, everybody's business, 18 to 49-year-old males, they did about 264,000 viewers, which is 10% of their overall delivery of the game. The game drew about 2.2 million viewers. So 10% of that viewership was actually happening on the K-Rod broadcast. So here's what we're learning is it may not be something special to everybody, but to a certain demographic, they seem to be interested in that. And it's almost like Twitter. They sort of over-index on that. So it may not be for you or I or people listening to this show, but for people in the 18 to 49, whether it's baseball or football fans, they seem to really be driven by this type of talking over the game as opposed to hearing from people in the booth. Well, I'm a big Michael K fan, and he's a friend of the show. We'll have him on at some point next week, but not for A-Rod. Now, I'm seeing umpires with an advertisement patch on their uniforms. I know the players are going to do it next year. Are the umpires being compensated? Is this something new, or does this go back to maybe last year or prior? Yeah, so as you mentioned there, in 2023, in the last collective bargain agreement, the players and owners agreed that starting in 2023, Major League Baseball can sell patches on uh, home uniforms, away uniforms, batting practice jerseys, helmets, etc. So expect to see that like you see in the NBA right now. But quietly, last summer, actually beginning with the All-Star Game in 2021, 
Major League Baseball sold a patch deal to FTX. And people that don't know, FTX is a uh, sort of a, a, a cryptocurrency platform that you might open a wallet or something like that to engage. Now, as I said earlier today, look, this is the there's one group on the field that Major League Baseball controls and can directly sell sponsorship to, and that's the umpires. They had to get permission to do it with the players. And so starting last year and this year, the umpires are wearing that FTX logo on one side. And I think it's a forerunner for sure. Next year we'll see some teams who will land patch sponsorship deals, maybe the Dodgers, maybe a few others to command that. But this is sort of the canary in the coal mine in baseball to see if anybody really notices. And for the most part, no one noticed until this season at the beginning of the year. So I think that's where they're headed uh, down the road is more of these type deals because financially they can generate five, ten, twenty million dollars for patches on uh, home or away uniforms. We've got more ahead with Georgetown Sports Business and Management Professor Marty Conway. Got to talk about the upgrades at Pimlico that haven't come about just yet, and also the impact of March Madness when it comes to sports wagering in this state. Stick around. Download the Radio.com app and listen to Sports with Coleman. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is 1057 The Fan. And this one is gone. One for a touchdown. Step back jumper on the way. Perfect. And 
This is Sports with Coleman. You there? I'm looking for the Jerry Coleman roast. Shut up. 1057 The Fan. Talking the business of sports with Georgetown Sports Business and Management Professor Marty Conway. The Preakness is coming up next month at Pimlico, Marty, as we're all aware. But the upgrades that were supposedly coming to Old Hilltop are still in, well, I say stall mode and pun intended. They haven't gotten off the ground much yet. Uh, certainly is COVID-related. Uh, some of that delay is related to COVID, but not everything. But, yeah, the uh, Maryland Assembly has passed legislation which essentially provides the Maryland Stadium Authority with up to about $400 million um, in order to uh, uh, float some bonds for some of these renovations. And, again, some of this was intended for Pimlico. Some of it also is intended for Laurel Racecourse. Uh, but the idea here at Pimlico locally is, number one, to – Move the track like 30 degrees. Yes. It kind of, you know, makes some more use around that space. But to try to bring some other mixed-use opportunities in there for the other 10, 11 months, the Pimlico is not in session. And so a lot of this is still in the planning stages. But ultimately, you're going to see something different in a few years. You're going to see less permanent structures around Pimlico and things that sort of corporate tents and others that can come up and down for the Preakness because there just isn't racing there the rest of the year. So, uh, you know, hopefully after this Preakness, they'll get more serious about the development process, but that's that's what we can look forward to, and sort of that's the current state of uh, funding for Pimlico and Laurel uh, with regard to uh, the Preakness and horse racing. Now, there is some news regarding the sports wagering numbers for the state of Maryland in the month of March, and obviously that includes March Madness, the NCAA tournament. How did that impact the bottom line? Yeah, actually, things begin to improve. So March was the third full month of sports betting in Maryland. We had about a half of a month in December. And so far, the numbers have been good. So overall, the gaming revenue in the month of March was $170 million. Now, of that, $31 million, so a little less than 20%, was actually wagered on on sports betting and, and most of that on March Madness. And so overall, the numbers have been good. So... March was good, really good. It wasn't quite as good as January, the first full month, uh, when they did about $32 million in overall. But that $4 million or so in gross gaming uh, from March Madness allowed overall the state to bring in about a half a million dollars in, in, in uh, uh, tax revenue. So overall, the, the, the prognosis, it's looking good, um, and it's especially looking good, Jerry, at Live Casino for the uh, third consecutive month, full month, since bet- betting has been in place, they continue to lead all casinos in Maryland uh, in sports betting. So they're certainly doing better than the ones downtown. They're doing better than MGM. It's probably a relationship with FanDuel, which they do a lot of advertising for. So, so far, they have been the leader. We'll see if they that continues uh, as the rest of the year plays out. Well, they certainly have their act together. This new Maryland Stadium Authority deal Will there be sports books at these stadiums, whether it be Camden Yards or M&T? And when I talk about Camden Yards, yep. when we talk about upgrades, we have to look at the scoreboard because I believe that's the same scoreboard as the one they started the stadium with. That hasn't changed too much. No, it hasn't. And again, we're talking here about the Camden Yards complex, the combination of the two. And so what we're referring to here is the Maryland legislator, both houses, 
approved the Maryland Stating Authority's ability to issue bonds that had a $235 million limit, now up to $1.2 billion total. And what they have said is that half, half will go towards M&T, Raven Stadium, $600 million, and the other $600 million would be targeted towards Oriole Park. So then you start to think about, okay, what really happens? Now, again, clearly the Orioles are going to want some amenities improved that fans will notice. You mentioned the scoreboard. I think there will be some other infrastructure things that fans will notice, and there will be you know, sort of fan accompaniments. And as well, on the Ravens' side, I think the Ravens would like to downscale the, 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 the park, a little, the stadium a little bit, maybe five or 10,000 seats less, more lower bowl-type uh, seating. But overall, then the rest, I think you start to look at the complex between. And I've pointed people to Cardinal Village in St. Louis, which came about after Bush Stadium was built, which is retail and maybe even a sports book around there. And also the battery outside of the stadium in Atlanta, if anybody's ever been there. There's a lot of mixed-use retail, even some hotels there, to generate more foot traffic on a regular basis, 365 days a year, and then handle things on an overflow basis when there's games. As far as a sports book specifically, yeah. I don't see one at M&T, but I think there would be a possibility of one that would function on game days and maybe other baseball days at Oriole Park if ownership was interested in that. So I think on the baseball side there's enough business to justify it. I don't think so on the football side, and obviously it's so close to the casino, the horseshoe casino yeah. that's there now. You're right, because it's only eight to ten games we're talking about. All right, more NFL, more issues with the Washington Commanders, and this may top them all, Marty, allegedly stealing from not only fellow teams, but the league itself. Yeah, this has been ongoing, and un- un- this is really unfortunate, I think. Again, you know, in Washington we're familiar with, you know, Watergate was just a failed burglar until they tried to cover it up. But here, a longstanding uh, 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 employee who was vice president of tickets has apparently provided evidence to the House Oversight Committee that in ways that the commanders were hanging on to deposits, so for seat licenses and premium seats, you'd have to put up, say, $2,500 and sign a 10-year contract. Well, at the end of that 10 years, that money wasn't coming back to these owners. Maybe they didn't know who they were anymore. Or they didn't know how to claim it. Point being is that money should have been directed towards NFL revenues and then part of revenue sharing. And from what we can tell, that's not the case. And it looks like maybe they were skimming that into other areas and keeping 100%. So it's really early. The, the House Oversight Committee has referred all of this to the Federal Trade Commission, Oof. who will then take whatever action necessary so we're not talking criminal here. We're talking sort of more civil penalties, uh, perhaps. But who knows on the case of the NFL whether this is the last straw for them with Daniel Snyder. We'll see. It doesn't look good, but we'll have to see what the response is from all the other parties uh, in the next few weeks. I've heard from some legal folks saying, don't rule out jail time for someone in that organization. We shall see. Now, staying with the NFL, and we mentioned the possible sale of the Nationals. The Broncos' sale price is going to trump that, Marty. Yeah, what we're looking at now is people are really starting to emerge. Bids are starting to be accepted. And what we're looking at right now is the Broncos. Uh, Walmart heir Rob Walton, who, by the way, is the brother-in-law of Stan Kroenke, who owns the uh, uh, Los Angeles Rams, and apparently he's willing to bid more than $4 billion. I think the, the team and the, and the uh, trustees are looking to get somewhere in the 4 to $4.5 billion range. 
this would be the highest price ever paid for a sports team. Bigger than the Clippers, bigger than the Panthers, all of these. So Rob Walton is worth more than $70 billion, so obviously he can afford it. And what's important is the NFL requires one owner to contribute at least one-third. So you're looking at somebody, if the price tag is $4.5 billion, they'd have to come up with $1.5 billion themselves, and then they could generate the rest from other sources. So that's what it looks like right now, and I'm sure all the other owners are happy that a team in a mid-market like Denver might fetch four to four and a half billion dollar price tag. Absolutely, and the richest franchise in the NFL just got more rich or richer, as they say, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. They have a big sponsorship deal after they broke the ice on sports gambling. Yeah, so we talked about FTX as a platform. In the past, we've talked about Crypto.com taking over the Staples Center naming rights deal. And now we have another blockbuster, so to speak, which is Blockchain.com, which is quite similar. It's a platform where you would open a crypto Bitcoin wallet and eventually get involved. They've done a massive sponsorship deal with the uh, with the Cowboys, as you mentioned. This will include, you know, signage and social and digital integration and TV and digital rights. I mean, you name it. The whole idea here is to get people more comfortable with starting in this in their crypto journey, opening a digital wallet, maybe getting involved. So they're looking at VIP trips, promotional, player-hosted events, a number of other things. So more teams are doing this. The Ravens are part of one uh, with uh, 12 other teams with a token platform called Socios. So you're going to see more of this this football season. And the NFL has said you can't do anything directly with crypto, but you can do these platform deals for the first couple, next two, three years to see how this reacts. And then they'll, uh, I think eventually you might be able to pay for something in crypto, but that's that's a good deal uh, years down the line. Oh, yeah, way down the line. But Jerry Jones knows how to turn a buck. All right, the USFL kicks off this weekend. We'll have to talk about that next week as we are out of time. You're on vacation. You, jo- you enjoy your weekend down there on the beach and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. All right, Jerry, thanks. Marty Conway, sports business and management professor at the Georgetown University, talking the business of sports. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.